0: This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 399.
1: Hey, this is Jonathan Kruger, founder of Lionsgate Advisors. And if you want to learn how to successfully build high-quality relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Jonathan Kruger. Jonathan started Lionsgate Advisors with a vision of creating a truly exceptional experience for his clients. Since 2000, Jonathan has invested in the personal finance industry and has held several executive management positions throughout his career. As a fiduciary, Jonathan maintains his Series 65 Uniform Investment Advisor license and uses his intricate knowledge of insurance and investment solutions to provide Lionsgate Get advisors, clients with advanced wealth preservation and legacy continuance strategies. Uh, Guys, I can't wait for you to tune into this conversation that I have with Jonathan. So many good insights into investing strategies and what you can do uh, to make sure that your family is taken care of in the future. But first, really quickly, if you are a six, seven, or eight figure entrepreneur or business owner, corporate executive, uh, maybe real estate investor, or any uh, anything around those particular industries or niches, and you understand the value of a podcast, you understand what it can do for you, for your credibility, your authority, for your network, for your revenue, uh, for your bottom line, for your ability to maybe book stages or, or get publishing deals for books, whatever it may be, if you understand the power, but you just don't have the team or the time to invest to get something started, uh, then maybe you should take a quick look at my agency, World Class Media, where we create done for you podcasts for people that are just too busy to make them happen. Um, And uh, that way you can do what you're really good at, which is servicing your clients we can do what we're really good at, which is building world-class chart-topping podcasts. So uh, if that, any of that sounds interesting to you in the least, make sure to head over to travischappell.com, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L.com slash podcast, and we will have a quick chat sometime in the near future to see if maybe we'd be a good fit to work together. Jonathan, what's up, man? Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show.
1: Well, Travis, thanks for having me. It's, been, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, sir. Of course. Of course. So, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been in this, uh, in this industry for years and years, decades, really, at this point. Um, I'm curious to know how you got started in all of that. So, let's rewind the clock. Let's go back to even pre uh, career and, and talk about like, you know, junior high, high school, Jonathan. What were you up to back then?
1: Well, and Travis, thanks for allowing me to be able to share. I had moved to St. Petersburg, Russia with my parents and the rest of my family. I'm the oldest of four. And uh, we were moved to St. Petersburg, Russia, my senior year of high school, right after the perestroika. So that was in 93. And we were there as a family from 93 through 96. And uh, really, it, it exposed me to an entirely different economic situation. The, at the time, the Russian ruble uh, was about 50 rubles per U.S. dollar when we moved there. And by the time hmm. we left, it was 5,000 rubles per U.S. dollar. Oh, so my So they went gone through hyperinflation. And I was in charge. I'd gotten right out of high school. I did an internship in the uh, accounting uh, for the ministry that my parents work with called the Navigators out of Colorado Springs. And uh, I had the opportunity of trying to keep track of this hyperinflation on a day-to-day basis and managing a $2 million budget uh, at the end of uh, my senior year of high school. And it was a pretty crazy times, but learned a ton and learned that I never wanted to become a bookkeeper or CPA for that matter. But, uh <laughs> absolutely loved finance and uh loved business and so that's what propelled me into this career field
0: so you were doing that in high school then
1: right out of high school yeah right out of high se- school senior year of high school um that i ended up uh, taking that internship and wow. having to be kind of thrown into uh the finance side of things internationally and that was a blast
0: why an internship versus something like college or something like that
1: well at the time I really thought that the opportunity of traveling the world sounded a lot better. Mm. And so I spent the next couple of years of really uh, figuring out and get dialed into what is it that I wanted to do. And so I thought international finance was a good place to start. And it was actually from there that I was uh, introduced to a man that eventually changed my life. Um, I'd been given the opportunity to... um, actually give a tour of st petersburg kind of act as a tour guide for st petersburg and moscow to a group that was coming in, um into russia at the, that point from colorado and one of the gentlemen that i met his name was richard king brown and we we're going around to different um almost kind of like vacation bible schools if you will or like okay. um, group activities where people in ministry were um sponsoring or helping out with youth groups or with just community activities and and this gentleman would just kind of stand back and watch them and kind of uh, interact with them but there are some groups that were well funded and other groups that were not at all and you could tell they're just bleeding hearts they would give their shoelace off their shoe to the person that needed it or give them their own jacket off their back and he would just walk up to them and he would give them um something, I couldn't tell at first what it was, but they just break down in tears. And after this happened two or three times, I walked up to him. I said, Richard, what is it that you're giving to him? And he said, Oh, I always carry around a lot of hundred dollar bills. And um, when I see someone in need and they're just pouring out their lives into the lives of others, I just find a way to bless them. Hmm. I thought, what an incredible, incredible opportunity to live out your faith, but also to be able to impact others' lives. And And I said, I don't know what it is that you do, but I want to do it. Yeah. And, um, and he told me it was international finance and it wasn't until, and that was in 1994, 1995. And so it really turned my eyes to getting my international business degree and marketing degree and having a minor in finance at the university of Colorado. And, um, I ended up pursuing this career, not knowing that I would eventually meet him in 2018, um, almost two decades later uh, have it and be in the same career field as he is.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. What an amazing insight to have to being that young of a person. Um, I, find, I find that if you didn't grow up around money, that most, most of the time your your thought process around people who have money is that they are greedy and that they are selfish and that they had to step on a bunch of people to get to where they are. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not, maybe anything might be different for everybody where that comes from, whether it's parents or culture or your teachers or
2: mm-hmm. the
0: people around you that don't have money that are maybe casting dispersions on the people who do have money because of, you know, jealousy even sometimes. Um, sure. But, but for you to be able to have that kind of an experience at being that young of an age where you were still kind of considering what to do with the rest of your life had to be, you know, just something that was just an incredible thing for you. Cause I, I never really, never really had anything like that. It, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, um, all the exposure that I ever had into it was like, Oh, that person's a jerk because they have money. You know, uh, uh, it, so it gives you such a sick money mindset that makes you kind of feel justified in avoiding making it right.
1: Well, and Travis, as you say that I'm taken back to, When I was at that stage in my life, we had the opportunity of raising support to be in Russia. And so from getting to know people and talking, telling them about the story of where we're going, we did it really as a family. And so we ran across a lot of different people, telling them our story about what we felt God had led us to. And I really felt called to be able to go into um, going over to St. Petersburg, Russia. And at that time, I was really impacted all those that were wealthy had really been good stewards, or all those that could give had really been good stewards of their finances, and they weren't enslaved to debt. You know, most of them knew how to manage their debt or manage their finances, and so they had um, excess capital or discretionary funds that they could be able to give to those um, missions or needs that they felt was important. Yeah. And it was at that age that I realized most of the most giving people that I had interacted with all had some discretionary income, and yeah. those that were tied down because of debt, um, were enslaved to it, and they, they were really limited in life. And so I, I think that has influenced us so much now that I reflect on it, that that's one of the major reasons why we, we run our own business debt-free.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with If you need higher? you need Indeed. Hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. So um, I'm curious to know why the internship path was the one for you. Um, if it was anything to do with your parents or authority in your life, or if you just from a really young age had your head screwed on the right way and understood that you didn't want to do something that other people were forcing you to do, and you wanted to do something that you actually wanted to do. Um, can you walk me through that decision-making process?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it may have been that desire in me to always be able to press on for adventure. I had the opportunity as a junior in high school to either submit an application to uh, to the Air Force Academy because I was an Eagle Scout and had uh, Senator recommendations and could be able to, most likely with the grades, uh, be able to um, get an acceptance at the Academy in Colorado Springs. Hmm. Uh, or. Like my parents were leaving to go to Russia and uh, to have, have the opportunity to travel in the world, and I chose the latter. And so, in doing so, getting over to Russia, really wanting to be able to make the most of it, I studied the Russian language right out of high school uh, for the following two years, and and uh, completed this. I call it an internship because when you're getting paid two dollars an hour, I think that's what it gets um, <laughs> close. To. It
0: doesn't qualify as a job yet. That's yeah.
1: right. right. <laughs> um, and I and I really wanted to be able to learn from other people and be able to identify what it was that brought them joy in their own life and then be able to identify people that were doing it right. You know, that were had the freedom and flexibility in their own lives uh, to be able to impact others. And, um, you know, I think it's my parents modeled it well and that experience really opened up my eyes to uh, pursuing it even further.
0: How did your parents do it?
1: Well, my parents modeled it, um, one, by always really going to prayer uh, and praying through what, which decisions that they were going to make mm-hmm. in life, but then also on how they led the family. And uh, whether it was a time of great need or a time of surplus, uh, there's always something to be joyful about. And so in their own lives, uh, my dad has always pursued mentors for uh, whether it was being a, a dad or a father and raising a family uh, or whether it's making business decisions and so I just saw that mentor, uh, you know, modeled really well for me and in and throughout my life. And I think that's what led to me wanting to do the same uh, with that opportunity that I had.
0: Okay, so this one has been a long time coming, and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years, and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution, as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production... Then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business, and then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class, chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it, because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with, and I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com/make-my-podcast. That's travischapel.com/make-my-podcast, and we'll chat real soon. Coming back into the story here, what happens after Russia?
1: Well, I, we moved. The entire family moved to Colorado Springs, and so we lived in Colorado Springs up until just five years ago. So I was uh, out there for almost 19 years, and I graduated from the University of Colorado and uh, studied international business and marketing at that point. And uh, my senior year of college is when I started going through interviewing with different firms, and I went to work with um, the marketing division of Citigroup at the time was Primerica and I started working with them Hmm. and uh, really just pursued that career, hoping that eventually it would lead to the opportunity for me to be able to um, take an executive position internationally with the direction that Citigroup was going at the time.
0: Gotcha. So you started in Primerica then in this industry? Yeah. Okay. How did that go?
1: Well, it's a hard way to cut your teeth in the business.
0: Sure is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> yeah
0: I've, I've, you know, I've, it's one thing that I find actually very common with a lot of the entrepreneurs that I bring on here is, especially if if you weren't you know born into wealth or any of those things, um, I find that a lot of people have that you know cut your teeth sales experience really early. On. I similar story. I just did. I did door to door sales for about seven years. And, um, a lot of people that I know, you know, were in network marketing, they were selling something. They were, they were, they were on the phones, like they were really cutting their teeth in terms of emotional intelligence and in sales and, um, how to communicate with people, how to build a business from having absolutely nothing, including experience. (laughs) And, uh, and usually find regardless of whether or not they were actually successful in that initial venture, it's what kind of like got, got their feet wet in entrepreneurship. So what, what was, what was the story for you?
1: Well, my dad, uh, he was a client of Primerica at the time, and so they were having um, – he had talked to the regional vice president there at the local office, and they were doing some interviews as they, they normally do with group interview sessions, kind of introduce the company and decide um, who they can recruit from there. And after, after the initial overview presentation, they had a book laying at the front of the table, and they said, um, he said, Jonathan, come take a look at this book. And in the book, it was all their top earners, top producers, and how much income that they're making. He started at the back looking for, he said, I've got a couple of friends that are still working with the company. And then he, as he's thumbing through it, trying to find their picture, he goes, I know they're still with them. Where are they? And he finds their pictures at the front of the book. And they're each making over 3 or $4 million, respectively. And he said, oh, my gosh, I had no clue they're doing so well. That's incredible. Hmm. I said, Dad, you knew these guys? And he said, oh, yeah. Uh, I started with them back in the day, and I said, uh, man, if those guys can make it, I know I can make it, and so mm-hmm. it really kind of hooked me into um, getting into this field, one, because I knew I wanted to go into finance, and uh, Citigroup was a strong company, but two, I thought if the if my dad has friends that have made it in this company or into this field, well, then I could probably learn, and I didn't have any clue about what was in front of me, but I just dove right in.
0: Yeah. Right. And it turned turned out to work out for you?
1: Well, for the first nine years. And then I decided, uh, I realized- You were in uh,
0: Primerica for nine years?
1: I was in it. Yeah. So wow. I was a, I became a regional vice president with them. And uh, we set that's, a number of that's records. That's no
0: small task.
1: It was, it was a wonderful time. It would be better if it had been a true network marketing company, though. Hmm. Um, I'd probably be still paid on all the residuals from the mortgages that we sold. Yeah. But <laughs> the- the, the essence of it was the same. They had incredible leadership. They had an, a great environment and really developed and cultivated a culture and a passion of, for a crusade. Hmm. And at that time in my life, I, I needed the leadership development. and I needed to be able to um, be inspired. And they really cast a vision that allowed for me to buy into. And it wasn't until 2008, 2009 that I realized that uh, I had uh, really set my ladder up on the wrong corporate um, system. Yeah.
0: Climb the wrong mountain.
1: Yeah. And I, I thought I'd set it up correctly, understanding sure, of the course. way they taught it. But once I understood that you know broker dealers are really set up for primarily offering products and solutions that are in the best interest of the company and not of the individuals, that's where I realized I need to break away and uh, do something different. And so in 2009, I did. And then I had a two-year non-compete. So it wasn't until 2000 Twelve, um, or two thousand thirteen, that actually came back into into the industry um, okay. after after working uh, for a couple of firms there in Colorado.
0: Got it, got it. So you continued in the industry just with a different company. That's right. Okay. So then, it, wh- where are, on all of this does Lionsgate come in?
1: Well, it was from the next company I went to work with, which was in um, back in this field in two thousand twelve. That uh, company in Colorado Springs, the Old Co. And that we'd worked with that they had asked if I would move out to St. Louis to partner with my now business partner, Jason Ingram. And my wife and I packed up our belongings and moved out here to open up our firm. And at the time we're under their flag. And so it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that we realized that, you know, great people, great team, but we just needed to go two different directions uh, for our visions. And so uh, we launched out we're truly independent, even though we'd always had our own firm, And we've just been more or less a franchisee uh, under their system that we helped them build and develop. Uh, We really branched out and did this completely independently um, just a year and a half ago. And so Jason and I at that point decided to buy into um, becoming Lion Street owners and Lion Street is actually our, um, our ownership firm. There's 180 owners of the Lion Street platform. It's more of a BGA uh, hybrid, if you will, that allows for, Um, advisors to be able to be partners in a larger organization and uh, truly have ownership in it. And so uh, we have ownership in the firm that we've developed currently, as well as in a larger organization that supports us.
0: Got it. So top few lessons here, Jonathan from being like an independent advisor, working with somebody else to now doing your own thing. Uh, Talk to me about the difference between your, you know, daily routines and your maybe, maybe, uh, stress levels and reward levels and things like that.
1: You know, the, I think it all boils down to work ethic and your desire. And if you, when you have a real clear, concise mental picture of what you want to achieve and, uh, around that desire and, and you're able to continue to develop your vision, then the daily routine, uh, one of my favorite movies is gladiator and in it, um, Russell Crowe has a saying at the beginning of the film it's the, on my mark, unleash hell.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
1: you may recall that. And it's throwing everything at it. And I, I think that oftentimes, um, you know, when we're working, we, we oftentimes will put in the effort that feels comfortable, but we've got to put in all the effort that's really allows us to be able to uh, leverage well, our own expertise and strengths and then pursue uh, the expertise of others to be able to bring on to our team. And through that, when I was younger, I didn't understand the latter part of what I just said. And so I just tried to do it on my own. Hmm. And today, you know, what that was meant for us is really be able to seek out those experts um, that can add a collaborative approach to add value yeah. to those that we serve and also to building our team and uh, really creating a great company. And uh, that's, that's what the difference has primarily been between the two.
0: So you said seek out experts, collaborate, and add value. Uh, So many things that we talk about here on the show. So let's get into more of that relationship-building conversation. Uh, This is the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, Jonathan, so I'm uh, curious to hear your answer to it. Um, Who you know or what you know? Which of the two is more important and why?
1: You know, I think it's probably who you know. And uh, Harrison, I'm trying to think of, it's not Harrison Ford, that's the actor. Henry Ford. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. so Henry Ford at one point was being interviewed and they, they the reporter was trying to show that he was ignorant and, uh, he was, uh, they asked him a question. They said, can you answer this question? And he hmm. had re, re, reached across the desk and push a button and the expert that knew that answer would come in and provide the answer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, the, it was the idea of that if you're working with experts and you can hire and be able to, or, Uh, collaborate with the experts in that field that have spent their lifetime in pursuit of excellence and knowledge of that to be able to consider all the possible variables or really create their own niche, then it allows for you to be able to exponentially create more value as well as be able to impact others in conversation or service
0: yeah yeah man i I love that so much the who you know is the what you know right like that's right if you have a really good network of people around you then you don't have to know everything about everything you just got to know the right people who do know their particular area of expertise really, really well, and that you can call them up and, or shoot them a text or ask them a question anytime and get the answer uh, from somebody who has way more experience and is way more knowledgeable in it than you would probably ever be because that's not your area of expertise. Absolutely. So talk to me about the experts part. This is something that we talk about a lot on the show, getting, finding mentors, getting coaches, learning mm-hmm. from the best of the best, trying to get around the people who do it the best. And it seems like it's been a a uh, common theme throughout your story here, especially, you know, talking about how you were successful in Primerica, like you you got to get in front of a few people who were earning millions of dollars doing the business and you were able to learn directly from them, which I'm sure impacted your ability to uh, to to duplicate that success. So can you talk to me about the importance of always getting around people who are better than you at what you do?
1: Mark Marchsani was the Senior National Sales Director of Primerica that, was able to get in the trenches with me when I needed it most. And when you have guys that you're able to draw on uh, when you're in, when you're kind of going through the rough patches of life, it inspires you to uh, dig deeper as well as to be able to push on uh, even when you don't think you've got it in you. Hmm. And when you're listening to the wisdom and advice or counsel. Uh, of those that have gone before you with success and they know what that takes, they can be able to speak to it in a different level than uh, what your friends may be around.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, your friends or your family, I mean, like we talk about this fairly often is that they may have good intentions and they may love you, but good intentions and love don't necessarily make for great advice. Um, so you gotta go find the people that are just crushing it where you want to be crushing it and you have to take their advice because they actually know what advice to give you.
1: That's That's (laughs)
0: Um, okay. So now with Lionsgate advisors, talk to me about exactly what it is that you guys do and what client you serve.
1: Yeah. So Lionsgate advisors is one of the only faith based, um, St. Louis wealth management firms that's really positioned to quarterback a network of trusted advisors in the development of key estate and tax and insurance strategies. Mm -hmm. And so we've always focused on wealth management, uh, but really be able to make sure we have a collaborative team to address the client's needs, especially the soft issues of uh, family dynamics, but then really be able to look at how do we convert tax liabilities into to income-producing assets. So whether you're, we're working with business owners, uh, most of the business owners we find um, are leaving a lot of money on the table. And so the it's just simply because they have CPA firms or um, other bookkeepers but haven't really partnered with a tax strategist uh, mm-hmm. that's looking at wealth management from what's around the corner or how can we be able to continue to lay our, on additional strategies that traditionally have only been available to uh, the ultra um, affluent, meaning those that are billionaires uh, mm. or within hundreds of millions. And so what we bring to the table is, a, is real specific institutional strategies that allows us to be able to implement it for families that are family offices, that are ultra affluent um, uh, individuals, uh, successful business owners, athletes, uh, as well as other advisors. And in this space, it's meant that we become uh, really kind of an advisor, advisor uh, to advisors uh, for for providing additional service.
0: Got it. So, talk to me really quickly about the importance of discipline and the role that that plays in your ability to to uh, accumulate and keep wealth.
1: Well, keeping wealth is the, the biggest thing there, right? Uh, because it's easy to be able to create it. Uh, you have to have a real plan. In order to be able to keep it, and mm. so oftentimes what we find is that most of our clients, regardless of the level of wealth that they had, they didn't have clarity around three areas. And if you'd like, I can share that with you for just a minute. Sure. Okay. So the the first was around purpose. We found that most people with who had created a lot of income or a lot of wealth um, had a clarity of purpose that allowed for them to be able to retain it. Mm. If they had not developed that clarity of purpose, uh, then oftentimes it was, uh, it went out just as quickly as it came in. Interesting. The the second we found is that most of their advisors did not know what that purpose was. And so when we had bring in one of our clients and ask them, uh, ask their advisors to explain to us what their client's purpose was, that our client would walk out with six to nine new goals that they never knew they had. And so we're finding that most of the advisors were not working collaboratively and didn't have clarity around what their client's purpose was. And so when we worked collaboratively, uh, bringing the CPA and the estate planners, the business attorneys, and the tax strategists together on one page, we found that once the client had further clarity around their own goals and dreams and aspirations, and they had real clarity on that purpose, and we all understood those, then collectively we could elevate the level of service and advice and the execution of that service and advice as they implement it. So the discipline started with clarity of purpose, but then the second was really having a written plan uh, that could be executed on and then benchmark for progress over time. And an example of this was one of our advisors down in Scottsdale that had a, a client that he ended up taking on. At, and she shared with him the story that her husband had passed away. They had developed um, a significant, they had amassed a significant amount of wealth by building out assisted living communities um, across the nation. And one of the properties that they had was in Chicago and she just wasn't traveling North that much. She said, she said to her CPA, I have more than enough. Can you just sell that? I'd rather not have to deal with it. And she had been actively involved in the business and uh, was just trying to simplify her life. Hmm. So a few months later, uh, the CPA gives her a call and says, sure, come on in, ma'am. I've got this, uh, some paperwork for you to sign and I need to give you this check. And she comes into the office to meet with him. And after signing the documents, he slides her a check for $3 million and said, uh, this is the proceeds uh, after expenses. And so she said, all right, great. Thank you. If you would just go ahead and donate that to my church. Wow. And he, he took a deep breath and he said to her, madam I'm so sorry. I didn't ask you this question beforehand. Had you told me I would, we could have made this a donation of $6 million to the church. Uh, 50% went to taxes for how. Oh no.
0: Oh man, that's rough. (laughs) Uh, Just giving away the money to the government instead. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things. It's such a nuanced industry and there's so many things that you have to know in order to get around some of those things. And so, um, if you're somebody out there that's looking for help with this kind of stuff, definitely hit up Lionsgate, talk to Jonathan, someone on his team, his staff, um, or one of his advisors, um, and get the help that you need. Jonathan, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, if you were to leave the listeners with one thing, one thing around community building around relationship building connections, um, around networking, if you were to leave them just with one final piece of advice, what would you say to those who are listening?
1: Be intentional. Make, make, identify who it is that you would want to learn from and then pursue those relationships. Or if you're to target, um, kind of idea, identify your target market. Of who you want to network with, uh, you know, plant your side in, in that market and really be able to start developing those relationships intentionally.
0: Amazing, man. Last thing here before we take off, what is the one place online where people can connect with you the most?
1: You know, LinkedIn is the one place online that's been best for us to be able to connect. Uh, our website, of course, is another great place. It's lionsgateadvisors.com uh, is a, our website. But if you go to LinkedIn, uh, it's Jonathan Krueger with Lionsgate Advisors is where you can find me.
0: Perfect. So if you're on LinkedIn, head over, look up Jonathan Kruger, K-R-U-E-G-E-R and get in touch with him or just go ahead over to Lionsgate Advisors uh, to t- chat with him and his team or one of his advisors about uh, your financial goals. Jonathan, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. Seriously, I had a fantastic time chatting with you.
1: Travis, thank you.
0: So that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's BYN. InnerCircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.